Welcome to the Nerd Gospel Podcast, where the nerd talk is low-key, and the gospel is a healing balm for all your Thors. For all my Thors? For all your Thors. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, man. If you, if you don't like dad jokes, then you need to sif through our other episodes and try to uh, see the other uh, lady said. I'm Heath. I'm Jeremy. Let's get to the news. Okay. Let's get right to the news. Uh, this is huge. This is absolutely massive news. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. Society of Reformed Podcasters, mm-hmm. well, we got invited in. Which is... We are very excited. Yeah. we do. Eh. I don't know how to really classify <laughs> exactly what's happening here. There's society. <laughs> There's, they're reformed. They're a brotherhood of reformed society of podcasters. Yeah. And we were hazed. It was a strenuous hazing ritual where they yep. showed up as monks in monk robes. Yep. We didn't know who they were. We had no clue who they were. They were just people that showed up in yeah, monk robes. But it was weird because for a month or so, there was like 95 theses were being placed on our door. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found Westminster Confession of Faiths in my mailbox. And yep. I, th- I was like, what is going on here? Yep. And then the monks. Yeah. Uh, we still we don't in. know who they are. They didn't introduce themselves. No, just, uh, they just said, you're in the Reformed uh, We're very excited society. to be in the Reformed, the Society of Reformed Podcasts. Look at this. We're screwing it up already. No, no. We got it. Uh, go to reformpodcast.com. Man, how did they get how did they get that? That's URL? pretty cool. That's a fantastic. So here's URL. what it is. Uh, yeah. Besides the monks, um, it's just a group of guys uh, similar to us, but better, uh, who are Much doing <laughs> who are doing podcasts <laughs> from a re- reformed Christian perspective. We have got the opportunity to listen to all of their stuff. Uh, a few of them I've actually listened to every episode that they produced. Yeah. The ones that are a little bit newer. Uh, up, yeah, up, yeah. <laughs> Um, but we've listened to all of them and uh, and are very very happy to be associated yeah, we are, with them. We are honored to to be invited to the group and it's super cool to be in a society i've always wanted to be in a society yeah it's not at least secret. one yeah at least one i can talk about because yeah. i'm like let's be real i'm in a bunch of societies you are i just can't talk about I, but, but this one i can't this is so. my only one and i'm happy to be once here. again society of reform podcasters i guess if you're going to abbreviate it's called sorp which is really cool <laughs> uh so sorp check it out they're on facebook as well we're yep. in it reformed podcast now that we're in here's the thing if they try to kick us out too bad no, we're like a, we'll we'll burn it down. Yeah, as gonna, we go. <laughs> I was gonna say we're like a, a bad rash or something. We don't <laughs> go away easy. Uh, let's keep going with the news here. That's the most important news. I could stop there, but I'm not going. Yeah, to. this will be the end of this episode. Marvel oh, and Disney. Nope. We're gonna keep going. This this is hot off the press. I burnt my hands pulling this off the internet. Marvel and Disney are were in talks to buy 20th and 21st century Fox film studios. Oh, is that not wild? It is wild. Every little every fanboy and fangirl like. I cried tears when I read this. And then I quickly read an update where it says, and the talks have broken down. The talks broke down. Just right there. I know. So, uh, but the talks are good. Yeah. Well, they've had talks. If the talks break down, maybe that just means it was lunchtime. Yeah. Because sometimes talks break down. Sure. And then they come back. Once you build up talks, like eventually, if they're not a firm foundation. Uh, (laughs) Let's talk about this, though. Think of the madness. This Mm -hmm. would bring X-Men. Yes. Fantastic Four. Doctor Doom. Yeah. Galactus. Mm -hmm. Silver Surfer. Et cetera. Yeah, etc. I wrote ETC. I'm not sure if you've heard of the great superhero, etc. Yeah, <laughs> it would mean e- 30, for sure. 30 more years of instant stories and films. It would be bonkersville. All aboard phase 27. I don't of really the MCU. care. I don't really care for the Fantastic Four. Just, I just I just don't. I'm not interested. Marvel's first family. Oh, you're killing me right now. Jeremy. I love the Fantastic Four. But here's the thing. You could have Brad Bird who did the who did the Incredibles. Of course. You could have him direct it. Because they own Pixar, too. Wow. Disney owns everything. And if you had Brad Bird do the Fantastic Four, you would love it, right? Because, I mean, it's basically The Incredibles. It's there. That's it. Why don't they just do you more like Incredibles Wait, you movies? love The Incredibles. I do. Incredibles 2 is coming Fantastic. out next, next summer. Woo. All right. Well, I don't think it's happening. Talks have broken down. We heard it. We heard that talks broke down. Yeah. I was there when it happened. Yeah. One of my societies I can't talk about. <laughs> um, did you see the trailer for the New Mutants? Yes. Well, well, so, Jeremy and I went. I saw Thor Ragnarok three times. I saw it one time. Three times. That says something about Thursday night by myself, which was very depressing and sad. Mm. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I loved it. And then I saw it Friday with my, my youth group kids, which mm-hmm. was super fun. And mm-hmm. then I saw it Saturday with my adorable bride, my lovely wife. Very nice. Um, so it was good. It got better each time. But so Jeremy now was in another theater while I was seeing it in another theater. Yeah. We have to make sure that we spread yeah. it out. Yes. We can't be in the same room no. at the same time. We There's rules. Giddy. We'd be too giddy. Yep. The New Mutants is apparently a horror movie. Yeah, according to the It looked really preview. like I'm watching this and I go, oh, well, this is clearly a horror movie. Mm-hmm. But then that Marvel tag comes up and you go, well, the new mutants. But you know, it's but you see Marvel and you go, oh, this is going to be a Fox thing. Yeah, which is weird. It, it's interesting to see because you kind of have like some comedy esque 
stuff yeah. happening, yeah. and then they're going with the rated R stuff. It's, it's interesting because we've never seen, not that I can think of, like a horror superhero. The closest I can think of is Spider Man Two when they're doing the surgery on Doc Ock. Uh-huh. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. And it's you see the shadows of the of the Doc Ock's arms, and he's completely asleep, but they have their right. own mind, and they're Ripping just people oh. apart. When I was a kid in that theater, I was terrified of that part. Absolutely terrified. There, did you ever see this other weird trailer too called Downsizing? Did you have that one? I don't know. Where Matt Damon is shrunk yes. down. Yes, yes. That looks kind of cool. It looks really cool. I was like, this is Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. But, but adult. Adults. Not adult Honey, themed, I Shrunk. But just like. My life. I it's a grown up. up. Yeah. But, and, the, and the whole time I kept sitting there going, this isn't, this isn't real. This is a real movie. This isn't. No. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. And then Matt Damon was bald in it. And that was I, weird. I would so. never allow myself to be shrunk to squashable no. size. No. I'm I'm squashable enough. Well, and it looks like the government's up to some tomfoolery in that oh. trailer. So Whoa. I don't know. All right. In Elon Watch or Musky News. <laughs> uh, so Switching that up. We, huh? we were saying Musk Watch. And listen, here's the situation. Yeah. I said Musk Watch before I even knew Nerdist.com had a, a whole section called Musk Watch. Yeah. So this is a classic example where I don't Google things before I come up with them. Okay. <laughs> So anyway, so now somebody somebody jokingly said, you're going to get sued by Nerdist. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man. Like eventually, you know, classic Nerdist, they would come after me, some little guy. And so, now that we've joined the Society of Reformed Podcasters, we're going to be all over the place. Okay. The Nerdist is going to find us and sue We're going to be in every home, every So radio. now, Elon Watch Musky News. Elon Watch Musky News. That's right. Elon Watch Musky News. Maybe with a different voice. Musky News. Do the uh, the adventurer e- guy. Musky News. No, oh, whoa. that's JJ. Jeez, no. Sorry. Never mind. Uh, here's a survey. It was carried out by Russia's top social networking site, mm-hmm. which we've all heard of, Vkontakte. Yep, of course. But it's in Russian. I don't know how you would say that. Vkontakte. Nope. I don't know. V- VK. Nope. And it's presented at Russian Internet Week, and they asked eight, uh, oh, 10,000 youths, 10,000 youths, mm-hmm. between the ages of 14 and 25, I guess... 25, you're still a youth? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who they looked up to the most. So they asked 10,000 youths on their social net. I guess this is their Facebook type mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. The contact day. Yep. Uh, and they said, who do you look up to most? It was an unimpressive showing for Putin. You would think uh, Putin would be number one. He's probably brooding. He wasn't. Mm. He not only fell behind the top answer, they said, my parents. That's really sweet, actually. Oh, wow. Go Russian Russia. people were like, my parents, yeah. but also came in behind second place behind Jesus Christ himself. Dang, so that's what's going on in Russia. So it was like in Russia, it's like my parents, Jesus, which uh, is you want to invert those, yeah, which you want to switch, but they're on the right track, sure. Uh, and then and then Elon Musk, what the? <laughs> so poor Putin's like fourth place under Elon Musk. Yeah, maybe they think he is Russian because Elon Musk he does sound Russian when he's like, hello. I don't, it's me, Elon. That's not his voice. Yeah, that's him. That's Russian. No. Uh, let's talk a little. We, we don't want to do a whole episode on this. So let's talk a little bit Stranger Things 2, season two right now. Have, okay. you, have you finished it? I finished it. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay, great. I did. Let's do non spoilers. Let's just say our initial thoughts. What are your. Non spoilers? Oh, yeah. We, yeah. We're, we're going to do a ton of spoilers with Thor. Oh, good. Like, I'm not even going to worry about. I'm just going to tell you, if you have not seen Thor, do not listen to the, our whole episode. Or okay. try not to care about spoilers. Yeah, or just save it, put it on your backlog. So Stranger Things Season 2, mm-hmm. what did you think? Was it as good as Season 1 in your mind? I talked with my wife about this, as I want to do. Yep. And no. But the only reason it's not as good yep. is just because it's not Season 1. Like, it's yeah. not the original, like, oh my gosh, what's going on? It's not as fresh and new. Like, we had, we knew the characters, we were... Right. Yeah. You know, like, you understand everything that's happening. There's never a part of you that's like, wait... Is this a real monster? Yes. Where in season one, you're like, I don't understand what's happening. And you actually have to like, they have to convince you that this yeah. is actually a real monster. Yeah. And, and we've two. had some, man, in our uh, nerd gospel group, on our Facebook group, mm-hmm. we've had a lot of fun talks about yeah. Stranger, Th- Stranger Things season two. Mm-hmm. So go check that out. But we've been talking about Bob and, oh, you know, Team oh, Bob. Team Bob. That's a spoiler, I guess, my voice going, Team Bob, Team Bob. Yeah, um, but we've been talking about a lot of the characters. It's been fun. It's been a fun, good talk. I enjoyed it. I think you're right. I think it. Um, I think the newness of it wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And they also, they did that weird, I don't know what to compare it to. Somebody said Empire Strikes Back, I think, where they take the characters away from each other. And so Eleven, like I kept thinking, man, I wish Eleven was right. with, what's your face right now? Yeah. Not Will, whatever Mike. his face is. Mike. Mike. And I kept thinking, why well, I wish they were together. And it's cool that they were together at the end, but I don't know. You know what I mean? They, and you saw like, she's going to come, oh, well, we're not spoilers. 
So never well, mind. Well, there's that whole episode where she was off by herself. Yes. And that was like, that was fell out of place and stuff. Anyways, it was great. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I had a lot of fun. And I have a lot to say, it, but none of it's spoiler free. Yeah. So I'll just yeah. be quiet. You, you liked it. I did. You and did. it's not worse than one. No. It's just that the magic of one can only happen one time where yeah. you don't know what's going to happen. Those kids... Are they not phenomenal actors and actresses? They are potty mouths. They're incredible. I mean, they're incredible. They're really, really good. Yes, they do well. Yeah. So Will, some of his scenes where he's like, and he's doing that scream thing where he's like, yeah. Oh, my word. I don't want to talk about it. That's nightmare fuel. Let's get to the main event. Main event. We've we've rattled enough. We've riddled and rattled ourselves. Yes. Thor Ragnarok Mm -hmm. slash eschatology. What does that mean? Uh, Well, what's Ragnarok mean? The end of all things. Oh, what does eschatology mean? The, the end, end of, of all, all things. things. Wow. <laughs> so uh, I thought it would. I've seen, having seen Thor three times now, I got, kept coming back with one reoccurring thing: the the change, change, growth, um, the end of something old but something new starting. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And that kind of came away. There was this recurring theme where, um, once again, if you have not seen the movie. You're gonna get spoilers. I'm sorry. We're like we're not even gonna try not to not spoil it. Yeah. Okay. It's not even gonna be on our thought. But but the movie will still be great. Yeah. Movie's still great. I thought actually that the trailers gave away too much. Yeah. There's actually and there's not even that many twists. Like there's not like a big like (gasps) you see what's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. Like like in Spider Man, if somebody spoiled that for me, I would have been livid. Right. Because there was an exciting gasp. Massive gasp. There's no gasp moments. No gasp. So, so, and the other thing they keep talking about is they keep saying Asgard is a people, not a place. Asgard is people, not a place. Now, for, I mean, if you're a Christian, it's not too hard to make the leap. I mean, I'm sure I'm, I'm one of thousands of people who thought, oh, like the church. Right. Because the church is a people, not, not a, a place. place. Yeah. Um, and so this idea of, I don't know, it's just all kind of tying together. Eschatology and the church. What happens if the church buildings are no longer there? Yeah. Because that, that's part of what we're going to talk about later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, where does the church go? Well, it's uh, people. It's right. people. And so that's something that we really need to hammer home and think about uh, as we're going forward and as we're thinking about all this whole topic of Thor and eschatology. So before we do that, let's talk about the characters. Or actually, the, the synopsis of the film. You, Jeremy, you are the king of brief synopsis. Give us like a one-minute quick synopsis of the film. I'm usually better when it's spoiler-free because I you don't have it. to give any details. Just, you don't have to give any juicy details. All right, do spoiler-free. All right. Oh, spoiler-free? Yeah. There's a good guy okay. and a bad guy. Yep. Which one's which? Good, uh, good guy eventually wins. There it is. Well, does he win? Yes. Uh, oh, he does win. Because right. spoiler, it's not not a not a place, <laughs> but a people. Not a place, um, but a people. But it's kind of a lackluster win. It's kind of like a neutral. Sure, it's disappointing. Yeah, there's a there's no <laughs> grand victory. It's just there's like, sort of okay, like a we, giant monster stabbing yeah. the planet to death. Yeah, at the end. Yeah, so that's disappointing. But that's not a synopsis. Okay, so in. The, <laughs> We find ourselves with Thor. <laughs> we're back on Asgard. No, actually, we're not on Asgard. We're on Midgard, yeah. Earth. Uh, so, is that Midgard? No, Muspelheim. We're what in Muspelheim the world is going on? Uh, do you want to do this. it? I'll do it. Oh. So, okay. we're find our, we really, find ourselves I really wanted to do it. in Muspelheim with Surtur. So, he's in Muspelheim with Surtur. He's tied up, locked up. Surtur says, Ragnarok is coming. Oh, yes. Clancy Brown. If you know who Clancy Brown is, that's him. I did not know that until I IMDb'd that biz. Um, and so then he leaves Musflheim, and where does he go? Jamie. Asgard. Asgard. And what does he find there? Loki. Loki dressed up in his... Dressed uh, perf- up. Well, he's not dressed Cosplaying up. Cosplaying as Odin. <laughs> he's, uh, he's Odinized. Yeah. And Loki, they think he's dead from Thor 2. I had to explain that to somebody like, oh, yeah, they thought he was dead in Thor 2. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we knew he wasn't at the very end of Thor 2. He's on the throne going like, I'm Odin. <laughs> right. Yeah. So he's, he's having a great time being Odin for, for pretend. And everybody's people like him. humoring. It's fine. Yeah. It's good. There's getting, they're getting awesome plays that we'll talk about in a minute uh, that they get to see. Something happens. Something uh, happens. They could go find Odin. Yeah. Where's Odin at? He's on Earth. He's on Earth. Doctor yeah. Strange is there, and that's a fun little clip. I, so I have. We'll talk about okay, that. Okay. All right. right. So the, the Odin, he, Doctor Strange helps them. They get Odin. He's actually in Norway. Hela shows up. She's bad. They yeah. go do some other stuff. They get uh, thrown on this planet called Sakar because Hela dominates. Dominates Thor. and owns them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, that's basically the synopsis. Good guys battle, and then they get off Sakar and they go back to Asgard and they sort battle. of win the day. Right. Yeah. Sort of. So that's the thing. So let's go through the characters. Okay. First of all, what's your initial thoughts overall? Um, 
So I only got to see it the one time. I'm yep. very anxious to see it a second time, which I will do even though I don't need it Yes, for it this. does get better upon subsequent viewings. So I was I, unsure about after the first viewing. Yeah, a very busy weekend. I wasn't able to see it more than once, um, but looking forward to seeing it again. And oh, Jeremy, what did you do this weekend? Oh. Real quick. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I ran a... Uh, <laughs> well, I wasn't going to bring this up, yeah. but since... But since I'm, you can't hear my medals clanging, but uh, yeah, I finished the uh, a trifecta for the Spartan races, which means you're on 13 miles. Yeah, it was, it was almost uh, 13, 12.6. 12. 12. Um, but anyway, it's an obstacle course race. If you're interested in that, it's Spartan. Anyways, very cool. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of running. I'm, I'm looking at Hulk right now. In the room. <laughs> All right. Initial thoughts. Initial thoughts. Uh, I thought it was great. Um, I thought it was funny. Yep. But, and fun. Like very fun, and that was it. It was uh, it was good, fun, and funny, in that order. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, and that was it. Like there was no. Uh, it was very different from other Marvel Marvel films, and especially very different from other Thor films. Yes, extremely different. Yeah, but but uh, I was okay with that because yeah. I was kind of expecting that from the trailers and from that uh, quote we read about the director. Yeah. Uh, so I enjoyed it. Um, I don't think it was campy or stupid or anything like that. I thought yeah. it was fun, funny, and good. The curse of being like the nerd guy, right, mm -hmm. is that everybody comes to me looking for my opinion, and I'm very cautious about it because they'll, you know, like at church, they're like, what do you think? I know you saw it. What do you think? Right. And I'm very cautious because I don't want to like, I don't want to throw people's opinions either way. Mm -hmm. I think we've lost something where we can go see a movie and just go, it was okay. Right. Right. Because a lot of people like DC, if you're a DC guy, you have to think everything Zack Schneider does is That's like amazing. perfection. Amazing. Right. Yeah. If anybody goes, well, I thought that was kind of weird. They're like, you're an idiot. You don't like, you don't like every, you're an idiot. You know, and they don't know what to say. They just keep saying that over and over. And then the same thing with Marvel. Like Marvel's like, what? You didn't like this, blah, blah. It's like, I, I love both of them. Right. And I can admit when something's really good and I can admit when something's really bad. And Thor Ragnarok was like, it's, it wasn't. It doesn't have to be better than everything else. Sure. Right? You don't have to keep going to every Marvel movie and go, I can't wait for this to top Winter Soldier. I can't wait for this to be better than Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Right. Like, like listen, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is a fantastic film. So is Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Mm -hmm. Do not compare every Marvel movie to those movies. They're yeah. too good. Yeah. Right? Winter Soldier is really good. Mm -hmm. Stop comparing everything to Winter Soldier. Okay. Right. So I, I said, I told my wife, I said, it's under Spider-Man under Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, it's just in there. It's in the mix. I mean, we're at 16 movies now, I think. 17 movies. Yeah, and they're not the all going to be better than the last one. Yeah, they're just not going to happen. So I liked it a lot. I saw mm -hmm. it three times. I liked it enough. I saw it three times. Yeah. Um, and I'll watch it again. I had a, lot, a ton of fun. Yeah, cool. So let's go through the characters. Thor, how did he do in his movie? It is a Thor movie. Yes, it is. So actor-wise, yeah. uh, Chris Hemsworth kind of played himself in this one. Like if yeah. you see him in interviews, especially when he's joking around, he just plays himself yeah. joking around. Yeah. Uh, which is a little bit of an odd departure because he's not the Thor, especially from the th first Thor movie. Yeah. Like he's not even close to that guy. No. All of the uh, kind of grandiose stuff is totally gone just he for looks this. looks way different. Yeah. I mean, I mean, everything is different. Now he said that in some interviews. He said that the what he wanted to do in this Thor movie was to play a different Thor. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't accidental, uh, but it is odd because it doesn't feel like, I don't know, it doesn't feel yeah. like it's a continuation yeah. of that same character. Yeah. Well, this was this is the issue, is if you go back to even the first Iron Man movie, it's still really good. Mm -hmm. But if you compare that Tony to the Tony we have now, they're mm -hmm. like night and day. They really are. And I think I think part of that is they've all grown. Yeah. Right? The, I mean, we've been with them now, like we said, 16, I think 17 movies. They've yeah. grown as characters in the movies. We've seen them grow. The scripts have changed. The directors have changed. Everything's changed from that first initial. I mean, Marvel had no clue that this was going to be as big as it is. Mm -hmm. I really don't think they did. No, not when they um, started. And didn't Disney picked up on all this stuff. So I, th I think if you go back to the very first Thor, it's great for what it is. Mm -hmm. It was a fish out of water, Kenneth Branagh doing a Shakespearean thing. Right. And Thor was like, you know, more mead. Right. And it was like, you know, okay. And now Thor's like, hey, what's up, man? What's, how you doing? How you doing, bro? You know, and he's like, yeah. this, you know, flat, what do they call him? Break, break point or something? I can't think of that. Yeah. Break, yeah. Break, break point. Uh, break point. Break point. Point break. Point break. Point break. Break point. Point break. Um, so it's just different. So like, I in the number two Thor two is like dark. I don't even remember any barely anything that happened. Yeah, I gotta that watch that movie. I don't Malekith remember. was there and he's like ether or some. I don't remember. Yeah. Whatever. Something's Listen. weird. Loki. What'd you think? Do you like the dynamic between those two? Only because it's fun. 
Okay. I would like Loki. And I know he's the god of mischief. Yeah. But I'd like him to be a little more serious. Yeah. I know that sounds dumb. Well, he's a god. <laughs> but come on, man. Like, do you hate this guy or not? Yeah. Like this weird back and forth where, okay, I'll help you, but I'm secretly going to stat like. Well, he does love on. his brother. He loves him. But it's weird. I don't I understand. Know. Oh, I know. I know. No, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, but that, you know, that thing too, they kind of tried to flesh that out in number two. Unfortunately, number two just wasn't a very great movie. Yeah. And so the issue is I think they they wasted that on number right. two when they could have done it in, in this one. Honestly, mm-hmm. they could have had it instead of him being Hulk and Banner. It could have been both of them locked up and having to work together. And I don't know. That would have been fun too. Yeah. There's a fun little quick quick moment here in the movie. Loki goes down into the, the vaults, Odin's vault, and he does a quick little glimpse at the cosmic cube. Yeah. Well, I looked up on this and it actually in the trailer for Infinity War that mm-hmm. they released on Comic-Con, which mm-hmm. we're going to be seeing very, very soon, he has the cube. Ah. So so they, he actually stole it from the vault before they bailed, in that movie. which is classic Loki. Of right? course. But we don't see that happening. Anyway, so that's future. fun. Yeah. That's fun. Um, so Loki, I thought he was fine. Ashley, my wife, Ashley loves... Anything he's, I mean, she just loves Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. That. So every scene she's like, Ooh, he's in, you know, Loki. <laughs> Anyways, she's going to be like, you're so mean. Why'd you say that? No, she mm-hmm. does. Hella. What'd you think about Hella? The big bad. Kate yeah. Blanchett. Does she age yep. in real life? Uh, no. Kate Blanchett never ages. She is yeah, like. She's the same. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that bothered, bothered me with her is I, they should have done that one. So she changes her hair to these, yeah, the staghorns thing. Yeah. They should have yeah. done that one time and left her that way. I didn't like that she kept doing that. I think I know that's a yeah, nitpicky, but it was irritating. I think there's something to it. I think it's like uh, it gives her some sort of extra power because like, she can generate those knives, uh-huh. and she only does it when she's ready to fight. I'd ha- I'm not sure on this. I'd have to look up the comic yeah. background of it. I think there's something to it. Yeah. Uh, because my wife looked at me and says, "Is there a reason she does that?" And I said, "I think it kind of gives her like Surtur has the crown, and that gives him his power. Right. I think it's a mystical item she's using, okay. but I'm not sure. I okay. don't know. Uh, as far I mean, if it's she not, was, you're exactly right. She was mean and evil." And, yeah. uh, I mean, an appropriate villain. She never had, like, weak spots. Like, no. Uh, and she's still around right. from everything we know. Uh, she was at the bottom of a big, fat sword. I don't... She's she's the goddess of death. I think she is death. So so that's another thing, too, here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the comics, Thanos is... Thanos, the big, big bad, who's going to be in Infinity War. Yeah. He is obsessed with Lady Death. And we have yet to meet Lady Death in the comics. Or, in, I'm sorry, in the movies. So I think Hela's going to show back up and be the one that Thanos is obsessed with. Because even at the end of Avengers, he goes to, you know, the guy's there and he goes, to do this would be to court death. Mm-hmm. And Thanos turns around and he smiles. He's like, oh, yeah, baby. You know? He does not. No, what? he doesn't say, oh, yeah, baby. But he turns around and smiles. He's like, oh, I love that. And so I think I think they're going to use Hela mm-hmm. as just Mistress Death. Okay. It makes sense to keep her. Otherwise, they have to introduce some new character. Because that's Thanos' whole motivation. Yeah. He just wants to kill everybody just to impress Mistress Death. And that would do it for Hela, right? Somebody as strong as her. So mm. I don't think she's dead because Surtur also can't die. He's he's a like the flame demon of Muspelheim. He can't die either. They're yeah. gods. I mean, they're not really supposed to die. It's very confusing. It's very confusing. Um, Heimdall. Yeah, he's just Heimdall. He's just doing his thing, right? I don't he's know who that is. Heimdall, the guy with the big sword and the eyes that glow. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. Kind of saves everybody. I like. I would like to see a Heimdall movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, get out yeah, of here. Yeah, I really would. I think he's a, I think he's crazy you got interesting. Big draw? Heimdall? Heimdall. I said for me. I don't care about other people. I I should. Like a low a budget indie film with just Heimdall. Just just, just staring with his contact. Just staring Idris yeah. Elba. It'd be great. I would love that. You know, Idris Elba actually hates these movies. He hates doing Heimdall. He Why? really does. I don't know. He just absolutely cannot stand it. He's uh-huh. he makes no bones about it either. In interviews, he's like, Yeah, I hate I hate doing these movies. So Idris Elba. I love well, Idris Elba. Too bad. Put him in everything. Put him in everything. <laughs> what is that? Uh, he was in some other movie recently. What was that? Uh, Dark Tower. He was oh, the gunslinger. Right. Yeah, right. which is I still horrible, have to see that. I know you said it's terrible. I still want to, though. Grandmaster. Can we just talk about Jeff Goldblum? Go ahead. For a minute. I, I want Jeff Goldblum in everything. Whoa. I thought he was... He stole every single scene he was in. This is mannerisms. And part of this is you need to see it like... Yeah. Well, again, because he literally takes every single scene he's in and he's doing like little... You know, <laughs> little funny movements and like, you know, Valkyrie touches his face at one point. And he goes, ooh, you know, like yeah. it's just so you can tell he just was given free reign and he just gold bloomed, gold bloom it up, just gold bloomed it up. Yeah. So my word, I cannot. It's so funny. And did you stay for the end credits? The very last part? No, I got out of there. So he he's the very last, last end credit mm-hmm. and he shows up and they're still having this rebellion going on. He goes, wow, a plus guy. Way to go, everybody. <laughs> and he goes, 
let's call it a tie. <laughs> like, you know, like he's like has nobody on his side. He's done. I would love to see him play that character if yeah. I had never seen Jeff Goldblum before. Yeah. Like it would just be so <laughs> like, what is going on? Well, he's the collector's brother. Yeah. So the collector from Guardians of the Galaxy, if you thought Benicio del Toro was weird with his right. little, I did that little thing where he pounded his fists together yeah. backwards. Yeah. He's weird. And it makes sense. They're, they're technically called the elders of the universe and they've been around for a Millions of years. I need to read some comic books. Yeah. Yeah. So they're called the Elders of the Universe. They've been around for millions of years. And they have to, because when you get that old, when you're millions of years old, you mm-hmm. need something to occupy your time. So there's one called Grandmaster, who is uh, Jeff Goldblum, and he occupies his time with games. Yeah. And so in the comics, he has the Contest of Champions, which he had in the movie. Mm-hmm. The Collector collects things. Right. So they have to do things. I mean, their brains are just yeah. cooked. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, Valkyrie, Tessa Thompson, what'd you think? She was awesome. Yeah. My favorite uh, cinematography moment yeah. is uh, there's a flashback to where the Valkyrie are attacking Hela. Oh, yeah. And it is the most beautiful it's like a scene. And it's all in slow motion. And it is, I, th- it's, I think it's probably a minute and a half long, maybe two minutes long. It is so beautiful. It's like a painting, isn't yeah, it? But there, there's, it. A, there's a few moments like that where there's a big shot where, um, I think he meant to do this. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously he meant to do it. <laughs> but there's this big shot where they're all on the rainbow bridge and it's yeah. really far panned out and Thor's coming in with yep. his lightning yep. and it's slow motion like that too. It's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one where Executioner jumps off the plane. Yeah. The, the plane, right? right. <laughs> the, the plane. Pl- the plane. <laughs> <laughs> the he's on point break. <laughs> uh, and he jumps off and he's like leading in and it's very slow motion. So, yeah. Oh, those are cool shots. Yeah, just beautiful. And the technology they're using to do that stuff is yeah, like all Taika, new and awesome. The the director Taika Waititi he did a phenomenal job. Yep. I mean, and he's got if you've seen his other movies, Hunt for the Wilder People or um, nope. What We Do in the Shadows, they're nope. they're indie films, but they're mm-hmm. super funny. And he uses some of the same actors and actresses like Topaz, okay. who's Goldblum's uh, little lady. The, the lady yeah. talks like this and gives him the melty stick. Right, that's Topaz. She's in Hunt for the Wilder People, and she is amazing hmm. in that movie. Sam hmm. O'Neill as well. Hmm. Scourge Executioner. There's not much to say about him. He's Except kind of I a, thought he was dumb. He's kind of a one note. Carl Urban was wasted on that. I really like Carl Urban. It seemed like his only role was to give Hella somebody to exposit yeah. to. And Executioner in the comics is actually, he's kind of a, stays a bad guy. He, I mean, he has moments, but he, mm-hmm. he works with this girl named Enchantress who loves Thor. Yeah. You know, she's with Loki sometimes. Anyways, that's like a love triangle thing they do in the comics. So mm-hmm. anyways, uh, Hulk, you what? like talking Hulk? Was he in there? To- Hulk? Yeah, he was in the movie. <laughs> he, he had a small part. He had a yeah, small, small part. part. Uh, yes, I really would have, I really wish that they would have kept talking Hulk a secret. Yeah. I would have I know. loved that. Would have been, that that would have been a huge, the, the trailers gave away way too much. Way too much. They should have kept him a secret entirely. Yeah. And just keep And Hulk they should have just it. had the boom, boom and let us think, is he coming through that door right now? Yeah. You know, but I know they wanted to hype it up and, um, you know, if we, we're going to look at the numbers here in a second, it's, mm-hmm. this made a lot of money. Really? It's made just a little People bit of money. People went to it three little times bit of money. weekend, did they? Um, Hulk, I loved yeah. I liked Hulk, and yeah. he was. It was fun playing off Thor. It yeah. was fun. And Banner, uh, yeah. Both, both of you know, iterations going of down. Hulk. Great. Sun's going down, big guy. <laughs> <That's> so, <laughs> Stop saying that. So hilarious. Stop saying that. Um, yeah, he was very funny, uh, yeah. very big, very real. He felt you know. A lot of times you get, uh, I guess now they've gotten good at it, but you've yeah, had CGI. Hulks in the past where you feel like he's not really on the screen, and that was not the case this yeah. time. It, it looked great. I mean, it looks just like Ruffalo too. Yep, it's really well done. Yep. Uh, Odin, I'm glad. I'm honestly, spoiler, he's gone. I'm glad he's gone. How dare you? Uh, I I liked Anthony Hopkins, but he didn't. They didn't do anything with him. Yeah, they never did anything with him in every in all three movies. He just is there. It would be a fun prequel to it, go get his it, backstory. Yeah, it would have been cool to see him fight to do some stuff. Yeah. Uh, we get glimpses of that in the past. Like like they should have done a thing like with Hella doing the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Don't show us a painting. Show us a flashback of you doing it. With yeah, him. yeah, that would have been awesome. awesome. Um, so whatever, Anthony Hopkins, you was wasted. We, you were, you were wasted on that. So I, I slightly disagree, um, but we'll move. So Doctor Strange, you don't. I got the hint. You didn't like his little cameo. No, it's not that. Okay, it's that if that's what Doctor Strange can do, what he does to Loki and yeah. uh, and uh, it is what he can do. What is what is his name? Loki, <laughs> Thor. I'm Thor. Sorry, <laughs> she's always Ragnarok. If that's what he can do to these heroes then no one has any possibility of standing up against him. He's phenomenally strong. He's he can, incredibly he strong. He seemed to be able to do anything. All right, so this is the thing with Doctor Strange. He's fantastically stinking strong. Yeah. The The issue is Thanos will have the gauntlet, and that's even stronger than Strange. Because with, with the gaunt, Infinity Gauntlet, he can cancel out stuff. Yeah. And the Eye of Agamotto helps give Doctor Strange's power. That's one of the stones. 
the way that so, Thor and Loki responded, they, it's not like they had an opportunity to fight or anything. Yeah, and yeah. they're not fighting; they're no. just being talked to. But like everything that happened, they're like, "What? What? What's going on?" <laughs> no, he's just moving so quick. Well, I like it too because it's so strange. Like he's he's being bothered right now. Right. Like he's just this is too much for him. He's got his own stuff to do. So he's like, "Can we just get this over with?" Okay, yeah. let me have your hair. Okay, thanks. Bye. You know, get him out. I will say setting up for how actually powerful he is. Oh my! Because we saw Doctor Strange as he was just learning, and you know he did some yeah, cool but stuff. He's been up to some stuff. He's yeah. been learning. The so. next Doctor Strange movie, and I guess he'll be in Infinity. Yeah, Infinity. Yeah, he will. Yeah. I, I'm blown away by how they're going to try to integrate him. I'm worried yeah. that he's, he's, they're showing how powerful he really is in this short, you know, kind of cameo. Yeah. And then we're going to see him suddenly like, why didn't Dr. Strange just? No, but here's the thing. See that? I'm going to go back to it. Thanos is crazy strong. You have okay. no idea. Okay. In the first, in the comics, in the very first little few issues, he kills everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Mm-hmm. And then he brings them back for kicks and giggles so he can do it again. Okay. <laughs> Literally, like there's a shot of Thanos <laughs> with the glove on. And he's saying, bring it on. And he's yeah. got the glove and he's just trashing everybody. Yeah. I mean, it's a fluke. Well, it's not a fluke, but it's a you know coincidence that he dies in the, or not dies, but he gets beaten in the comics. So. Right. Because no one dies. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> there's some do. Uh, the last the last people we'll talk about here, Corgan Meek. The rock guy, Cronin, and the sure, little, right. I think it's Meep or Meek, the little bug guy. Oh, yeah. Meek, I stepped on him. <laughs> so Korg was the director. I, Taika, yeah. Uh, I, I wish I didn't know that because I saw him do the voice. Oh, and he I actually mean, did the line, yeah. like his introductory line in yeah. an interview. Uh, hilarious. Oh, the hammer? Like, the hammer? Ridiculously funny. <laughs> Almost too funny where you're like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. Oh my goodness, he was great. But very good. That was awesome. All right, so moving on from the characters, Matt Damon was in this movie. Sam O'Neill was in it. Luke Hemsworth, oddly enough, the guy who played... uh, There's this funny scene where when Thor first shows up, Loki has a play going on, and it's the play of his death. Yes. And he's like, you know, loving it, whatnot. Well, Matt Damon plays Loki. No, Matt Damon plays uh, Hulk. Or Loki. Thor. Thor. No, Matt Damon's Loki. No, Matt Damon's Thor. No, because Chris Hemsworth... Luke Hemsworth is Chris Hemsworth's brother. He plays Thor. Yeah, I'm t- I've seen it three times. No. I, the, yes. All right. I, I have to believe you, but I don't remember that <laughs> and way. And then um, Sam O'Neill plays Odin. So anyways, that's just a fun little... It is hilarious game. that Matt Do you know how that movie. happened? No. There, the, uh, Taika said, let's get Sam O'Neill to play Odin. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Feige said, let's get Luke's, uh, Chris's brother to play him. Right. And, and then Chris goes, oh... Let me get my let me. I don't even know how to do an Australian accent. He's like, let me get let me get my shrimp on the bobby. And he's Whoa. like, let me get my let me get my friend Matt. And they uh-huh. go, Matt, who's your friend Matt? And he goes, Matt Damon. And they go, <laughs> what? And, and Kevin Feige goes, oh yeah, Matt Damon's going to come down here to do this. Right. And he he he, he was down the next day like was, in Atlanta. It was very funny, and obviously yeah. Matt Damon, and obviously hilarious. Loki. Yes, I yeah. was right. So right. <laughs> all right, I, I uh, what didn't work? We'll go through this really really quick. The Warriors three deaths at the very beginning. Man, that was so. That was so cheap. Like she walks in and see from the other movies, you don't even, that's the thing. Like people are like, who, who just died? Mm. The guy who dies is the guy who's playing uh, Shazam. Just got hired as Shazam. Oh. What's his name? I have it somewhere written down. Mickey Mouse. Uh, Zachary Levi. Zachary, Zachary Levi. Levi. Right. He, he's Fandral. He's one of the Warriors three. Boom. She kills him. Hella walks in. Then Volstaff or Falstaff, whatever. He's on the thing. He goes, what are you doing? She kills him. Oh, right. They've been in the first two movies as like big characters. Yeah, that's right. She just kills him. Then just Hogan, like, get out of here. You know, the little guy. Yes. Hogan, yes. she kills him. Yep. So I'm like, okay. And then mm-hmm. Lady Sif is nowhere. Leaves the execution. To be seen. Yep. Right. So that was really poorly done. I think it was almost like, let's get rid of these people. Like, let's, let, you know, let's forget about them. Let's just get rid of them real quick. It was right. cheap the way they did it. I understand why they did it. Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever. Yeah. The contrast we talked about between the first two Thors, just a whole different movie. Mm-hmm. The old MCU has changed. Think about this. Where Sh- S.H.I.E.L.D. is gone. Yeah. Okay, think about how big S.H.I.E.L.D. played in the first few movies. Right. right? Uh, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s gone. The outfits have changed completely. The hair, the storylines, I mean, et cetera, once yeah. again. Yeah. Anyways, let's keep going. Let's let's keep moving here. Mark Mothersbaugh, the guy from Devo, did you know he did the music? No. Yeah, that's pretty cool. What do you think of the music? It's very eighties. I have to listen to it again. I'm it's sorry. Like, I don't do any music listening. You play music. That's the I know. Thing. I'm right. I'm a disappointment. Uh, so here's the overall thoughts. The grand worldwide total. Yeah. Is at four hundred twenty-seven million as of this listening. In one four hundred weekend. Twenty-seven million. Yeah. This means that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has earned thirteen billion globally. Thirteen billion. That is phenomenal. I mean, that's crazy for a few movies, right? I mean, seven, sixteen, seventeen. Yeah. I mean, but that's wild. Is that just movie? Uh, that, that's just movie tickets. That's not so including, not merchandise. No, 
No, that's probably another. I mean, Disney is raking it in. Yeah. Um. So when Disney goes, oh, let's buy Fox, like they can do that. You know, like right. they got just a little bit of money to yeah. do that. Yeah. I I liked it overall. Like we said, we liked it. It was a good film. Uh, go see it. Definitely go see it. Oh, for sure. It's worth your money. It, uh, as far as a, a kids thing, should mm-hmm. kids see it? It's PG thirteen. Uh huh. You see Hulk's behind. His butt, buttocks. <laughs> His big green butt. Um, there's language, of course. There's violence. Not like overwhelming blood. There's never yeah. overwhelming blood. I, I would say if you let your kids see any of the Marvel movies, yeah. I think this one would be okay. Yeah, it's fairly clean. Yeah. There, there's really not a lot of sexual stuff in it that yeah. I can even think of. Maybe not even, maybe one quick little thing about orgies or something. I remember that scene. Yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah. I say that like I can't <laughs> leave it like that. I can't leave it like that. They're in a <laughs> they're in a spaceship, not a plane. Right. Uh, and and they go, that's the Grandmaster's plane. They use it. He uses it pleasure ship, whatever. And they right. mention like he uses whatever. Okay, right. you don't see that. Uh, the overarching theme. So let's move on now to what actually matters. Yeah. The end of days. Would you say this is the main event? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is the real main event. I mean, the whole first talk talking about the thing. This okay. is the main event. This is the main event. This is the end of the episode. This coming is the final up. round. This is the, the final event. countdown. Yeah. Um, the end of days. Ragnarok. This is a real thing in Norse mythology is that Ragnarok would happen. And the idea of Ragnarok is it's a cycle of death and rebirth and the gods would die. Yeah. And then they would eventually come back as new gods recycled. And Ragnarok was the thing that was supposed to happen. Every millennia, every couple, you know, well, millions of years, I should say. Mm-hmm. The Jormagod, Sir, Jormangan serpent. I mean, it's all Norse folk, so give me a break here. Yeah, sure. Kavakavu, whatever that Russian thing is. <laughs> it was a cycle of death and rebirth for the Asgardians. During the cycle, Asgard is destroyed. A number of gods will die. Eventually, the gods will be reborn and cycle will begin anew. Mm-hmm. While each Ragnarok is largely the same, there are some differences between them. The cycle was perpetuated by the enigmatic beings known as those who sit above. In shadow. Whoa. That's a whole title. That, hey. Now, that's a society I want to be a part of. Yeah, we'd like to be in those who sit those above. Those who sit above in shadow. I'd like to sit in the light, though. Uh, who fed off the energies released during Ragnarok. So, in the comics, it's this prophecy by this prophecy, prophetess named mm-hmm. Vala. Mm-hmm. Uh, the general sequence of events for Ragnarok was relayed by Vala, Vala the prophetess. According to her, Ragnarok will be preceded by two major events. Now, this is, this is how different the movie is from the actual comic events. All right. First... A bitter, unrelenting winter known as the Fimble, the Fimble Winter, will blanket Asgard, causing widespread fear and paranoia. Did that happen in the movie? There was no, no winter. No winter. I don't winter think there's any seasons come. in... No, there's snow and stuff in the mountains. Oh, all right. All right. Driven to the point of madness by the unco- oncoming Ragnarok, infighting will break out across the land with friend attacking friend and brother attacking brother. That did happen. Sure did. Sure did. Secondly, Loki will trick the blind god Hoder... Oh, into killing Balder with a mistletoe. <laughs> that did not... <laughs> what? A mistletoe? So he'll be like, uh, hey, Hoder, you and Balder go underneath that door. And they'll be like, what? Why? Just stand over there, I promise. Under the and mistletoe. then they stand in the mistletoe and they're like, no! And that starts Ragnarok. Right. Because they're both warriors and they're like, we will not kiss. And then it, boom, Ragnarok starts. You've lost me. I'm totally lost. I don't know. That's what it said online. Okay. Right. Heimdall will sound the horn and he'll officially signal the beginning of Ragnarok. He'll be like, Ragnarok starting. It's here it is. That's what he'll do. Mm-hmm. An army of trolls, internet trolls, mm-hmm. and giants led by Loki will charge across the Bifrost on their way to Asgard. After destroying the Rainbow Bridge, Heimdall will be swallowed by the invading horde. So this mm-hmm. kind of, sort of happened, but mm-hmm. Heimdall didn't die. Mm-hmm. Odin will lead a counterattack. A final cataclysmic battle will begin as Asgard, Asgard crumbles around them. Thor and Loki will meet each other in battle for one last time. Mm. One final time, but their fight will be interrupted by the sudden appearance of the Midgard Serpent. Like, spoiler, here he comes. Like, yeah, I'm coming up. And his name is Jormungand. Mm-hmm. Jormungand. Mm-hmm. Though Thor will succeed in slaying the Midgard Serpent, the whole realm of Asgard will be torn asunder, leaving it in ruins. From Muscleheim, Muscleheim, this is what I was talking about, yeah. will rise Surtur, the fire demon, who will proceed to burn what remains of Asgard descenders, which he does. Right. After untold eons, a new race of gods will arise ushering in a new golden age. So that's actually really close to Norse, Norse mythology. Norse okay. Mythology. The interesting thing is in the comics, Hela, so in the movie, Hela is portrayed as the daughter of Odin. Right. In the comics, it's actually Loki's daughter. Oh. But I think the thing we forget about, see, in the comics, they're they're really thousands of years old. Yeah. Thor and Loki. Yeah. In the, com- in the movies, we don't think that way. Right. right. They'd be like, wait, what? You know, the average viewer would be like, why does Loki have a daughter? What? Hmm. You know, and she actually is older, looks older than him, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. it'd be very confusing. So it makes sense. 
It just makes sense. Okay. Okay. Uh, Marvel's good with that. Right. They're good with bending it so it makes sense, but it's you know still yeah. whatever. In the Palatable way. to a yeah. The other thing audience. too is uh, the big dog Fenrir. Fenris. Yep. yep. He's actually uh, in Norse myth- Norse mythology. He's actually Loki's son. Okay. What the... yeah. yeah, that's an interesting one. All right. And the Jormungand, the, the Midgard serpent, is actually Loki's other son. Huh. So Loki is the always the one who starts Ragnarok in North, Norse mythology. And usually in the comics, he starts Ragnarok every time. From his children. Yeah. In this one, he's just a lovable, you know, rapscallion. He's just a Jokey lov- guy. Scallywag. Oh, I'm a And scallion. he helps. Tom, Tom nice. Wilson, I'll help. Very nice. Um, so all of this got me thinking. At the very end, Surtur takes the sword. Uh, they can't beat Hela. Mm-hmm. She's too strong. Yeah. Which is an interesting way to end in the movie, right? No. Because usually the hero wins and it stands triumphant. They leave. They go, man, this is it. Because the whole time Odin keeps saying, Asgard is a people, not a place. Right. And they were so obsessed with this place, defending this place and where they all got their power from and whatnot. And so they go, you know, we got we to gotta actually usher in Ragnarok. We got to leave the place and take the people. Yeah. And so they summon Surtur. He, he fights Hela and they kind of destroy each other. So we think, we don't right. know. Yeah. But destroy but destroy Asgard, Asgard completely in the, in the process. And there's this funny moment, you know, as long as the foundations are good. And he's like, oh, nope, it's gone. The foundation is destroyed. Yeah, uh, that's really good. Anyways, so it got me thinking about the church and eschatology, because in my specific view of eschatology, it's a very uh, pessimistic view, I should mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. And I think it may come a time where there is no, there are no church buildings, right? And there, and we're meeting in homes, mm-hmm. and we're meeting back like the early days of the church, where they had to meet in homes because they were being persecuted and whatnot. So let's go through some eschatology. Since we saw a movie about the end of Asgard, yep. Let's talk about Christian worldview eschatology. Yeah. Now, right off the bat, Jeremy told me you're undecided. Is that correct? It's not. So I don't plan to remain undecided. Yes, obviously. I, I've mentioned this a few times. I am a new Christian, so. Yeah. Uh, and that should scare all of you because He's if you're shiny. listening to me and thinking that, uh, that oh, no. I know what I'm talking about, I don't. <laughs> how, how, will you say new how many years? Uh, so I'm, I'm a four years since I was saved. Yeah. And uh, about three and a half since I was baptized. Yes, but you're, you're filled with wisdom. Uh, the Lord is very kind. The Lord is kind. Uh, uh, so, so maybe you'll be undecided after this. We'll talk about it. Maybe. So here's the first view. There's generally four views, and some would say you could go more, right? Yeah. But we'll stay with four. Yeah. The first one is dispensational pre-mill, pre-millennialism. Mm-hmm. Okay? Explain. And I know somebody's going to listen to this and go, well, that's not what I believe. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, all right, well, then tell Google different because this is what Google said, right? <laughs> I mean, I literally, I went to multiple sites. I went to my own theology books and I compiled some mm-hmm. information here. Mm-hmm. I, thought, I think I'm doing it a fair big. All right. Uh, dispensationalists argue for the necessity of the literal interpretation of all of the prophetic portions of Scripture. So if a prophet says it, yeah. they, don't, they take it literal. Right. There's literal. no figurative fulfillment of that prophecy. Yes. This means that all promises made to David, Abraham, under the Old Covenant are to be literally fulfilled in the future millennial age. Mm-hmm. So literally, literally fulfilled. Dispensationalists insist that God has two redemptive plans. So he has one plan for national Israel and then one for Gentiles during the church age. Yeah. Uh, the church is raptured before a seven-year tribulation. So if you've ever read a lot of the, um, uh, what are they called? The Tim LaHaye and whatever, Left Behind. Yes. Left Behind series. I don't think they're actually dispensational. Prima- I'm not sure, to be honest no, with you. pause. I've never read them, yeah. Rapture, I don't, yes. I don't understand where that comes from. Is that in the Bible where it says the yeah you'll be taken the church up. will be disappeared? No, the rapture, by rapture we just mean you'll be taken up. So there, there when you talk, there's two raptures. We talk about when I say the word rapture, it means I will literally be taken up in the air. Yeah. Okay. When when you think about kind of dispensational premill, it means like have you seen those bumper stickers? If car is right. car is empty, I've been raptured. Yes. Okay. That's the idea of that that it'll be a secret rapture. Yeah. Okay. And that's kind of what, this is the idea. Okay. Uh, the church is raptured before a seven-year tribulation. It's a secret rapture, so they're gone in a flash. Uh, and this comes from that verse where it says, one man will be on his on his roof and the other one will mm-hmm. be, you know, they take that. And the two women will be grinding the field yes. and one will be gone and the other one exactly. will remain. They take that literally, that right. it's secret and that it happens in a flash. Yeah. This tribulation period contains the reign of the Antichrist. So before the pre-tri- uh, before their tribulation, they're taken up and then the Antichrist comes in. He's like, Meh. Well, uh, the millennium, Christ will return at the end of the Great Tribulation to institute a thousand-year literal rule from a holy city. So he'll establish New Jerusalem. He will literally sit on earth for a thousand years and rule mm-hmm. and reign. 
Those who come to believe in Christ during the seventieth week of Daniel, which you know nobody knows, yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> including the one hundred forty-four thousand Jews. So they're taking that literally. That yes. there will literally be one hundred forty-four twelve thousand from each tribe. Yes, and survive will go on to populate the earth during this time. Those who were raptured or raised previous to the tribulation period will reign with Christ over the millennial population. Right. So Christ has returned to the earth. But yes. it's not the final. Yeah, and the people earth. who were secretly raptured are now reigning with Christ, right. while everyone else who was not raptured that first go round are now li- living under the rule and reign of everybody else who was. Right. Okay. Uh, miscellaneous. Here's some miscellaneous facts. Higher degrees of interpreting present day events. So you'll see a lot of this in like on um, TBN, right? Mm-hmm. Anything that blood moons. You ever heard about the blood? Sure. You know, hey, yep. uh, blood moons. Anything that Trump says can be interpreted they're very into watching the news because you're looking for these literal interpretations literal interpretations or fulfillments rather of prophecy so anything with russia they're big into anything i mean they're looking for this thing is that where you get like the uh like uh revelation talks about the the tiny horses i think it says with scorpion tails I guess. And people try to make that into like they're nano robots. All, yeah, they're looking for all of it. Right. They're looking for all yeah. of it. Um, the millennium will see the reestablishment of temple worship and sacrifice as a remembrance of Christ's sacrifice. So literally they think that that's why a lot of people think the temple has to be physically rebuilt in, in Jerusalem. Right. Like so the Dome of the Rock, bye-bye, has to go bye-bye. Yeah. And the temple has to be rebuilt. There has to be reestablished sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have a massive problem with that. I have okay. a huge problem with that. Mm-hmm. From the millennium ending, uh, white throne judgment, the great white throne judgment, by which Satan, all unbelievers, will be thrown into the lake of fire. Bye-bye. Christ and all saints will proceed into eternal glory. So here's some proponents of this. So okay. if you think, well, who believes this? Right. Okay. John Walverd, I'm not sure how you say that last name, Charles Ryrie, Norman Geisler, Charles Stanley, most of Dallas Theological Seminary, uh, Master's College, that would be MacArthur's College. Okay. Mm-hmm. So some some... Good people who we, we would listen to and read, right? God, there's, I have issues with them, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but the good people believe this way, right? I love John MacArthur. Yeah. I really do. So on that, how would you see eschatological views in terms of... So if you imagine yeah. Chandler's doing... A, or Matt Chandler's doing a sermon series on this where he talks about uh, things that are closed-handed doctrines, meaning we have to hold on to these yes. because this is a core Christian belief, and then open-handed doctrines where we understand that we have an actual belief and we believe that we're right based on the Bible, but we don't think that you have to believe what we do in order to be a Christian. Yeah, as I would say this much of this, these four views uh-huh. are tertiary doctrines, meaning you can believe any one of them and still be fine, right? right. It's not like, yeah, because good people believe every single one of them. Um, and there's been people historically throughout Christianity who, like church fathers who have believed way different than I believe. Sure. Right. So, so it would be in that open-handed side where yeah. we we would fully embrace brothers and sisters in Christ who believe something different than whatever you yeah, believe. Yeah, and there have been people, great theologians, who have switched. Yeah. And Matt Chandler even used to believe one way and he switched. Mm. Uh, or not Matt Chandler, I'm sorry. Um, Platt. David, yeah, yeah. David Platt. Platt has told, said on many time, occasions he switched. Mm-hmm. So that's dispensational pre-mill. Okay. Now, historical pre-mill is a l- kind of the same, okay, while often popularly confused with Dispy pre-mill with but a mere disagreement as to the timing of the rapture. Historic pre-mill is in actuality a completely different, completely different eschatological system, largely rejecting the whole dispensational understanding of redemptive history. So the problem with dispensations is a lot of the way people who believe in dispensational views will say God acted a certain way in Mm -hmm. this dispensation. And now he's doing something different in this dispensation. And the covenants are often a way they read that of him acting differently right. with different people. So uh, Adam and, you know, he, Cain and Abel kill, Cain kills Abel. Then mm-hmm. God says, okay, now no more, no more killing after uh-huh. this. Uh-huh. And then so it's progressive law and different dispensations for different times. Period. And not that God is changing, but that he's no. revealing more and more of yes. himself over yeah. time. Different, in different dispensations. Now, that's a very simplified view of what they believe. Sure. Absolutely. Because all we can do yeah. in a podcast, forgive yes. us. <laughs> uh, so here's historical pre-mill. The basic features of historic pre-mill are as follows. When Jesus began his public ministry, right, when he began, the, min- the kingdom of God was manifest through his ministry. Upon his ascension into heaven and the gift of the Spirit at Pentecost— takes place at Pentecost, the kingdom is present now through the Spirit Mm -hmm. until the end of the age, which is marked by the return of Christ to the earth and judgment. During the period immediately preceding the return of Christ, there is great apostasy and tribulation. So right before Jesus returns, we've got bad stuff happening. Great apostasy, tribulation. 
after the return of Christ, now there will be a period of 1,000 years. Um, the millennium res- separating the first resurrection from the second resurrection, Satan will be bound, the kingdom will be consummated and made visible during this period. Okay. Is there a secret rapture in there, this view? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. I'm honestly not sure. I think that the big thing that, about this view is it just rejects dispensationalist okay. readings. Right. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing. At the end of the millennial period, Satan will be loosed, and there will be a massive rebellion of Gog and Magog, where that's a whole other discussion. Immediately preceding the second resurrection or final judgment, after this there will be creation of a new heaven and a new earth. Yeah. So it's very similar, but they reject dispensationalist ideas that God does different things. And also I think they would reject that there's a separate plan for Israel and a separate plan for Gentiles. So they would say that some of the promises made to Israel are fulfilled yeah. to the, the yes, greater like church, including the Gentiles. spiritual Israel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, major proponents of this, George Eldon Ladd. Uh, I have a lot of Ladd books that I really enjoy his writing. Uh, Walter Martin, uh, John Montgomery, Theodore Zahn. So yeah, some lesser known names. Maybe some people are like, oh yeah, I love Theodore Zahn. I have no clue who he is. Uh, <laughs> Postmill. So now this is, a, this is a big one. Yeah. Dat Postmill. Dat Postmill. Hashtag Dat Postmill. The postmillennialist view, Postmill, believes that the millennium is an era, okay? Not a literal thousand years. Now, there's debate there. Some people, I, I think you could talk to some Postmill, they'd be like, no, I think it is. Uh, it's literal. Uh-huh. So this, let, let me, so going back to what you said, Jeremy, yeah. about the open hand. Mm-hmm. Just because you fall under one of these camps doesn't mean you adhere to everything in that. Right. The there's going to be a yeah. lot of bleed There's going to be a lot of, there's pre-trib and post-trib. And I mean, it's very confusing when you get in the weeds of it. And there's yes. been thousands of books written on it. Uh, so, uh, so it's not a literal thousand years during which Christ will reign over the earth, not from a, a literal and earthly throne, but through the gradual increase of the gospel and its power to change lives. Hmm. All right. This is a very optimistic point of view. <laughs> Extremely optimistic. After this gradual Christianization of the world, uh, it t- so a lot of this, how it, how, how it represents itself nowadays is through theonomy, yeah. that the world will just become more and more and more Christianized mm-hmm. because the gospel is just as powerful, which we believe. The gospel does change everything. Of course. Right. So Christ will return and immediately usher the church into their eternal state after judging the wicked. This is called post-millennialism because, by its view, Christ will return after the millennium. Uh-huh. So the millennium will be, you know, going on, whatnot. There will be just massive Christianization happening. Everybody's going to be homeschooling. Every- <laughs> <laughs> Those aren't necessarily uh, you know, every. <laughs> uh, you know, swords are knocked into plowshares. Everything's going great. Right. Okay. We have a Christian president. Whoa. Finally, we got, you know. Not right uh, now. The church is the f- fulfillment of Israel. Uh-huh. I'm really offending Postmill. I don't want to offend my Postmill brothers and sisters. I love you, you guys. You, had, you took on an accent of some I know, sort. I know. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> the church is the fulfillment of Israel, kingdom of God, a spiritual entity experienced on the earth through the Christianizing effect of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, the millennium is a golden age previous to Christ's second advent, during which Christ will virtually rule over the whole earth through an unprecedented spread of the gospel the large majority of people will be Christian. So we'll outnumber, Christians will outnumber unbelievers. Yeah. That is extremely optimistic, right? That sounds amazing. It sounds fantastic. And that's why whenever somebody will post something on Facebook and it's like something's getting better and they'll go, hashtag that post mill. Right. And I I never can't tell if they're being serious or joking. (laughs) Um, Higher degrees of interpreting first century events in light of prophecy, preterism off, often goes hand in hand with post millennium. So there's this thing called future preterists Mm -hmm. and partial preterists. Um, and that's just talking about do you uh, how do you read how do you interpret the Bible? That's mm-hmm. all. It's mm-hmm. you know if you want to Google all this stuff, you can do so, <laughs> and that would be edifying to your own soul, yeah. right, and to your own walk with. And as Christ. we already said, there are major amounts of books. This could be that a you can three hour into. long episode if we wanted it to be. Or we don't want it to be sixteen we, three hour long 16, episodes. Hour. Yeah. We just want it to be a quick overview. That's right. Uh, talk about Thor and eschatology. Oh, right. I love it. Okay, uh, so major proponents, Rush Dooney. If you know who Rush Dooney is, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Greg Bonson, a lot of people know Bonson. Kenneth Gentry, David Chilton, Gary North, Charles Hodge, the Princetonian guys, A.A. Mm-hmm. A. Hodge, and B.B. Warfield. Mm-hmm. Those Prince Stone. Now, they would disagree with the way we handle it now, theonomy. They wouldn't be coming at it from that view. Yeah. They would be coming at it from a, a probably historic post-mill type, you know, a little little older back. So. Okay. Uh, and now the final view is Amil, and it literally just means no millennium. Right. Amil, no mill. No millennium. The amillennialist, uh, let me stop real quick. My dad tells this funny joke. <laughs> it's hilarious. My dad tells this joke where he, he says, you know, you ever heard of, um, I'm Opry Mill. 
I'm Opry Mill. Uh-huh. And I go, oh, what's that? And he goes, I believe Jesus will come back as a country singer. <laughs> Kills, it slays every time. <laughs> well done, Dad. The amillennialist believes that the kingdom of God was inaugurated at Christ's resurrection. Yeah. At which point he gained victory over both Satan and the curse. Christ mm-hmm. is even now reigning at the right hand of the Father over his church. He's making the, the earth his footstool, propping his feet up. After this present age has ended, Christ will return and immediately usher the church into their eternal state after judging the wicked. Uh, in most forms of amillennialism, immediately before the return of Christ, Satan is unbound. There is great apostasy and a time of unprecedented, satanically inspired evil. Like, this is nasty, nasty mojo. This last satanic gasp, gasp, I love that because that's what it is. It's a, it's a you know, death row. Yeah. And subsequent rebellious activity is destroyed by our Lord at his return when the saints go marching in. An important note is the amillennialist view of the church in this world is a role of suffering. Okay, it's extremely pessimistic. And this is the view I fall under mm-hmm. because I have an incredibly, maybe I just have no hope, right? Uh, I went and saw Thor and one of our elders went with, with us uh-huh. and was sitting next to me and we were looking at trailer after trailer after trailer and he goes, man, this generation is hopeless. And I was mm. like, I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, and I, uh, you know, and, and I feel it because I, I work with youth. We work with, I mean, Jeremy and yeah. I both work with the youth and it, it's a very hopeless generation in a lot of ways. There's a lot of, there's not a lot of joy in uh, movies and stuff like that. Nope. So um, anyways, that's a whole separate side tangent. The Christian will be hated by all just as was Christ. Matthew 10, 22, for a servant is not greater than his master. If they hated him, they'll hate us. Yep. Seeing this as the church's role on earth to suffer as did Christ, the amillennialist can hold no hope for an earthly exaltation and longs for the fulfillment of the second stage of the coming of the kingdom. So it's not about, you know, having this heaven, bringing heaven to earth. Mm-hmm. It's about doing service in, in service to Christ and suffering as Christ suffered and spreading the gospel as much as we can, doing as much as we can. Yeah. Right? Uh, the second stage of the amillennial perspective is the final consummation of all the heavenly promises. The Christian will no longer see by faith alone, but by sight. Amen. All the shadowy things will pass away and our eternal reign with Christ will begin. The amillennialist, expecting no earthly glory for the, glory for the church, places all his hope on this heavenly glory. People who ad- adhere to this, J.I. Packer, Mike Horton, Anthony Hokema, R.C. Sproul, in addition, all of the reformers. Hmm. I'm not sure about that. I read, I, when I found that, I was like, mm. I would say most of the reformers, as well as the reformed and Lutheran confessional traditions as a whole, have been amillennial. If you read most of the confessions, they're amillennial. Yeah. So, not to mention pre trib, post trib, all that stuff. So, that's where I stand. I'm amill. Yeah. And my specific belief, I mean, you read the news. <laughs> like, 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 I'd love to be optimistic. Mm-hmm. I really would love to switch to post trib. Because, but I don't see that happening right. anytime soon, at least not in my lifetime. So for my current lifetime, I'm amill unless, you know, and I do believe the gospel can change everything unless mm-hmm. the work, you know, a massive work of the spirit happens very soon though. It's not going to happen in my lifetime. Yeah. Right? What do you think? Uh, so just breathe in, soak it up. Allow me to, to run this gamut. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm cautious because I'm surrounded by amillennialism. All millennials. Yes, you are. So I go to a Presbyterian church, uh, PCA church. Yeah. Uh, my all of my pastors. We all preach that way. Are all millennial, and they do preach that way. Uh, a lot of my extracurricular uh, reading is from all millennialists. Yeah. So Michael Horton is one that I yep. really like. Um, I, I think probably most of the people I listen to are probably all millennial. Yeah. yeah. I have one great brother who uh, is part of a Bible study at my house who is definitely in the. Uh, pre-millennial camp and passionate. Yes. And his reason is because, because he takes the, the prophecy seriously about Israel. He thinks that if you're not pre-millennial, then you're saying that God is a liar and that, oh, and he takes yeah. that very, very seriously. Yeah. Uh, and, and he went to master's college. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> well, yes. Yes. <laughs> so, and MacArthur uh, is brilliant. John MacArthur is For absolutely sure. brilliant. For and sure. when John MacArthur speaks, he he does he speaks with authority. Oh yeah. And he says this is the way it is and this is the way it is. Yeah. So. Uh so where that leaves me is uh, I'm not sure that I've done the real studying. Yeah. This is not going to be a cop out. Right now, yeah. I think amillennialism makes the most sense. The only reason or the biggest reason I should say is because I I think that Christ's return changes everything. Yes. Absolutely. And I don't believe that Christ could come and have things still be weird. Yeah. Now I know that revelation says that Satan will be bound for a time and then released. Yeah. And I don't know what to do with that. 
Yeah. Because I, I have a hard time imagining Christ coming and then things, and I mean coming in glory. So obviously Christ came once. I also don't see him returning except in glory. Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. That's hard for me to comprehend. But I haven't studied. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've read Re- Revelation many times. I've heard a lot of ser- sermons in it, but I haven't just done the work on my side. And I think it does, it's not something you can just be like passively like, I don't know, like yeah. the, the pan mill joke is, yeah, uh, pan oh, mill. I'm, I'm pan mill. What does that mean? <laughs> it means everything will pan out in the yeah. end. I hate that. I hate yeah. it so much it's because so it's serious. Yeah. It's a real thing yes, that matters. Right. It's yeah. the return of our Lord. Like, Opry Mill. It's a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, Opry Mill. Uh, so I am a pan millennialist in the sense that it will all be awesome in the end. Like God will return. But you're not apathetic about it either. No, no, you I wanna... care very much. Yes. And I want to spend the time. And part of what I'm doing, like I don't want to just read a couple books and then go, well, this is me. Uh, I want to absorb you know, the Christians in my life yeah. and the things that I read and the things that I hear uh, for enough time for me to feel like I've actually gotten it. And I'm reading books too. Like I'm, yeah. I'm interested in trying. Um, but in the meantime, I don't know. Yeah. And, and like I said, like all four of those views, if you believe one of those views, like we're not saying, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying as of right now, based on my own reading and my own thoughts and the way right. the world looks to me, yeah, it looks Amil. Now, if in a million years, a thousand years, a hundred years from now, the whole world's becoming Christianized, I would celebrate oh, yeah. the mess out of that, yeah. right? I just don't see it happening. No. My my personal view, so going back to Thor, mm-hmm. this idea of the church is a people, not a place. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I We're going to a skating rink coming up here. We're having this church-wide skating rink event. Mm-hmm. And I said in my announcements, I said, if you want to bring your friend to church, this is a great way to do it. Mm-hmm. Because... Now, there is sacraments. There are things we do in the church, in the church building, right? Where That is where we do it. That matter. Okay. Right. But that there is a truth to what I said, that when you bring your friend to be surrounded by the bride of Christ, yeah. you're meeting with the church right Absolutely. then and there. Absolutely. So you can do that in your home. You can do that in a skating alley. You can do that in a bar. You can mm-hmm. be with the church. Now, the sacraments and all that stuff, there, there's arguments you need to be in a proper setting. Uh, a reverent place for that. Right? Well, I would say that there's a time that the church gathers for the sacraments. Oh yeah, with the preaching of the word, with the pastor, yeah. the ordained pastor. I don't think it needs to be in a building. I mean, we know, like our our church started in a school. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Before I'm, they I'm got sorry. a building, I should go back. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's not at all what I'm saying. Right. I'm, what, I, what I'm saying is that um, a fun event like that is not like a worship service. It sure, not be seen right. Like it's not a church service, no. but it is the church gathered. Yes, the church gathered. Yeah. So going back to that, this so my pessimistic, horrible view. This is what I believe. Okay. How pa- I'm so nasty, right? You're a realist. Um, Go for it. I, I believe, so I believe in common grace, obviously, mm-hmm. that God gives grace to everybody, mm-hmm. but, uh, but special grace is given to believers. Yes. And my view is that as the world gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse, which we're seeing, mm-hmm. I mean, and this is unprecedented because Precedent. you, like you could go back to like the days of Caligula. And you could be like, well, that was a pretty bad time too, right? Yeah, it <laughs> that was. was bad. <laughs> that was a pretty messed up time. But Caligula didn't have internet. Yeah. Right. I mean, think of how weird we are in a time, even just the past 15 years. This is a bizarre time. There's so much information that can be passed around. We can fly to and from place. We can get around very quickly and evil can spread faster than it's ever spread. Yeah. Right. Men can invent new ways of doing evil faster than they ever have. Mm -hmm. So my personal view is that as we get closer to Christ returning, common grace will recede. On men. And so men will become more and more evil. Men and women will become more and more evil. But special grace will increase mm. so that up until the time when Christ comes, we, I will die a glorious death mm. because Christ will give me the special grace. He will give me the future grace that I need required to die that death. Um, there will be more and more stories of believers doing amazing acts, yeah. right? Not, not miracles or anything like that, but doing these ph- phenomenal things that are unheard of right. because of God's special grace being poured out. Uh, and then I think you will see more and more new evils, yeah. things that you thought, I thought the world could not get any worse. Yeah. I mean, as of this recording, there was a church shooting, yeah. 20, 26 people dead right. on a Sunday morning. Uh, and you think, how could, how could this world get any more evil? And it's become every day there's a new shooting. Every day there's a new murder. Every day there's a new ISIS attack. Every day. And, and so I would long for a Christianized society. I don't know how that would happen. Right. I don't know. Um, so my, but my view is there is optimism because Christ wins yeah, and the church dies glorious deaths. They spread the gospel in glorious ways in new ways that we had no even idea mm-hmm. of saying. So that's and, my personal, um, thing. And so the church, wherever it meets, it could meet in a home, you know, it will, it may change where the churches are burned down and torched and whatever that happens <laughs> all over the world. Um, but we're the church, the bride of Christ will reign. We will win. 
Right. Yeah. We will win triumphant. We will, we will go marching in. Yep. I do think we, I agree. I think we're going to see a decline of the public face of the Christian church in the West. Uh, I don't know if that's worldwide right now. Yeah. Uh, but well, in China, China's supposed to surpass us, right. actually, in America. Yeah. But I think we will see, uh, I think we will see a time when it's not advisable to go to a Christian church. Yeah. And it may be that there are not Christian churches available to go to, and we may have to be meeting in secret like they have all across the world. Yeah. Uh, and, and all if, across and if you if you live in America and you go, that's absolutely crazy, I don't think it really is. No. I don't think, it, we're not the shining city on the hill that Reagan said we were. That's that's Israel, <laughs> and look at, look where they're at. So yeah, there's a there's a and prepare yourself for that. Like I I think it's going to be in our lifetime. I know this sounds like super dramatic, but I think it's going to yeah, be in our lifetime. From Thor to this, <laughs> <laughs> where uh, where it's not okay to say normal Christian things like uh, men are men and women are women. Yeah, uh, or homosexual marriage is an abomination to God. Like you know, just saying those things right now. There are parts of Christians listening to that, they're like, ah, man, you probably shouldn't say that. Yeah. Uh, and pe- non-Christians are like, you definitely shouldn't say that, and you're terrible and a bad yeah, person. you're awful. Uh, so we're already there. It's not very much farther to go to say, well, that kind of talk is illegal. Yeah. Yeah. So let me end on a super positive note. Please do. Romans eight thirty one through 39. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, For your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Yeah, and that's not like a happenstance thing. It's not just going to happen that nothing can separate us from God. It's God who is uh, strong enough to bind us to himself forever through the blood of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I I think that's a great place to end. So thanks so much for listening to the nerd gospel podcast. We are so, so stoked to be part of the society of reformed podcasters. Mm -hmm. Uh, Once again, go check that out. Reformpodcast.com. I think it is. What a great, how'd they get that? (laughs) Reformpodcast.com. And if you like, uh, if you like the serious parts of our podcast, you are going to really like the stuff that they're doing. And they do some fun stuff too. Yeah, they're doing really incredible work. Uh, so if if you're always listening to us going, I wish they'd just be more serious, uh, those guys are going to be able to fill that for you. Yeah. Uh, stick with us too. But uh, if you're looking for like-minded folks that are are just trying to preach the gospel through a weekly podcast. And or, educate you. Yeah. There's some really smart resources. dudes that are, are going to eclipse us easily. Um, but it's a, it's a great company for us to be in. And we, we hope they listen to them. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. As always, I'm Heath. And I'm Jeremy. Stay nerdy.